What is up, fellow Grunge Bible followers and the people of the world? My name is Ethan Shalloway, joined by Chris Salona, and this is another episode of the Grunge Bible Podcast, and we are stoked to have you here. Um, first thing we do is we like to ask how we're doing. So Chris, how are you today? How am I doing? It's episode 119 of the Grunge Bible Podcast. How do you think I'm doing? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing great. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, man. And uh, I, Ethan, I have to say, um, well, before before I say what I have to say, how, how are you doing? <laughs> um, I'm doing really well. Yep, I'm doing awesome. My uh, body feels good, a good mental space that we'll get into later. And yeah, dude, it's a Thursday we're recording, a little morning pod. We had a little bit of a some technical troubleshooting happened this morning, right? Um, but otherwise, I'm doing awesome. Yeah, which uh, I mean, that technical troubleshooting it was necessary um, for various reasons. But I, I have to say, um, if you're listening to us right now, or if you're watching us, uh, you may notice that there is something a little different about how this podcast is going down, um, and that would be the the sweet tones of our voices are even sweeter now because. Thanks to a lot of movement behind the scenes, uh, we did it, guys. We finally did it. We've got microphones. Um, we're set up. We've got interfaces. We are plugged in. Uh, we're in the Rock big leagues now. So we congratulations have, we jumped, to us. We jumped up like four levels, and it's so funny because we were bitching and moaning for so long, and then all <laughs> of a sudden, like that, we bumped up. We both got our microphones. Um, we have a little bit. Yeah, we have we have our gear, dude. We have it, and uh, it feels it's good to be cool. set up. Yeah, it feels good. It, it makes you think, wonder why it took us so long. But yeah, it took us 118 episodes. It took us like two and a half years to finally do this. Uh, I mean, it, but you know why? It's because the snowballs were great. The snowballs were great. Like we need that was to, grunge. Yeah, yeah. The snowballs were absolutely fuck. incredible. The the snowballs were very grunge. Uh, they served the purpose. It just goes to show you what you can do with uh, a couple of forty dollar microphones. But now we're in the big leagues with the uh, the Sure SM sevens. Uh, mm -hmm. You know this is this is producer's choice. Uh, we are hopefully making Drew McFadden's job much more enjoyable and much easier. But it goes without saying. Uh, you know we're we're in a very celebratory mood because of this. But goes without saying that we would not be here without the support of everybody along the way. Uh, it, it takes a village to make this show um, because, you know, we're supported by the people who listen to it and the people who value it. Uh, and, and it takes the contribution from everybody, you know, your time or your financial support. And we've certainly gotten a lot of that um, that has made this possible. So at this time, I would like to begin to thank a few people that have made this possible, uh, you know, this big upgrade now that we're in the big leagues, um, but also, you know, just the day to day. It's it's encouraging to see people support us in this way. And I'm happy to say, Ethan, that we do have a new Patreon supporter uh, fresh for this week, fresh for episode 119. Uh, joining in the fray at the two dollar level, I would like to thank John Harvey for hopping aboard. Uh, so, John, wherever you may be, thank you so much uh, for your support. Uh, thank you Those for checking the out the show. Those are the people we need. We need a hundred John Harveys to sign exactly. up for the next two weeks. Yeah. Because that's like that we, whole we thing. We don't need yeah. That, yeah, we don't need the big ones all the time. We just need consistent small um donations of two dollars, you know, a month. I said your cup of coffee. We're all drinking it right now, I'm sure. Monday morning you're listening. So we just need a bunch of them. So please think about it. Two dollars. That's it. 
Absolutely. So we're very thankful for John. And, uh, you know, there are there are a lot of people who could be like John out there. Maybe it's it's you uh, as you're hearing me talk about this. Um, right. Or maybe maybe you want to see yourself in this next group that I'm about to thank, which are our ten dollar supporters on Patreon uh, who give us ten dollars a month uh, and they help make the show sustainable. They help make it, um, they help make it happen and they help make us make the upgrades that we need. Um, we've got some good things coming. We've, we've really been, uh, hammering the phone lines, trying to get some different individuals on. And I think we're really close to a few that you're really going to enjoy. Um, so, you know, this, this is what makes it possible. So I would like to thank at this time, our $10 supporters on Patreon and their names are Alex Long, Black Hole, Sean, the Blue Owl, Brother Nature, Captain Hightop, Carrot K, Corden Stewart, Doug Endy, and we're going to get to this in a little bit. We've got a little bit more about Doug Endy pretty soon. Um, Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce. Epona, Eric R. Berry, Faith Bittner, Fresh Tendonitis, Fuck Soup, Granny Grunge, Jade Mercado, Jamie Lynn, Carly and Salona, Keith White, Chris LSMS, Laura Nyreen, Marianne, Millie, Nikki Six, Rachel Corning, Seattle 4 fanboy from New Jersey, Sherry Matthews, and What the Fuck's Up, Denny. So thank you to all of those individuals for your steadfast support of this show. Uh, we sound better today because of you. Yes, we do. And it was, it was a long road to get here, but we are very happy to be here. And yeah, so to expound, uh, exp- expouse a few more details on the uh, our patron and uh, Doug Endy and how we you know, finished the final... I guess, you know, finished completing the balance we needed. I don't know how to yeah, say it. Yeah, it, it got us to our goal. You remember, Ethan, when you were a kid, like doing the bake sale, they would have that big exactly. meter in school yeah, and you I'm got to fill about. in the markers like, hey, we're at like 30% of our goal. And then when you reach the next milestone, you got to you got to color it in. You know, we were mm-hmm. we were starting to get close to our goal. And uh, needless to say, uh, word got around and Doug Endy found out that we were close to our goal. Yeah, so I was home for a track meet this weekend in New York, and uh, we'll get to it. And uh, Doug texted me to congratulate me, and he's at the end of it, he said, um, and by the way, how much are the microphones that you need for the pod? And I was like, hey, thank you. I was like, it's this. And um, without any any more dialogue, he just said, I just sent some money to the Grunge Bible uh, Venmo. Uh, let me know if you got it. And I started texting Chris and you were in bed and you all of a sudden you were calling me and you're like, what's going on? And I was like, Doug wants to see us uh, improve and and uh, and get to the next level. And just like that, he just he just felt inclined and he he loves what we're doing. And he said, it's great. And um, that's it, man, dude. He stepped up and it was it's amazing. He's a great yeah. support. He's been a great supporter of the pod for a long time, supporter of my life. And I just I love it. I love the generosity. Yeah. Doug is, is everything that you should be, um, you know, uh, and this is not the first experience that we've had with his generosity. Obviously each month he he's, he's supportive of us through his, uh, status as a $10 a month uh, supporter on Patreon. But additionally, way back last year when we were going to the uh, Taylor Hawkins tribute show in Los Angeles, uh, we went with his son, Connor, um, really, really great dude. And uh, Doug paid it forward at that time too. And he paid for his son's ticket to the Taylor Hawkins tribute show. Um, I had purchased the tickets. And the next thing you know, Doug was like, you know, I want to, I want to do this for my son. And uh, you know, that's the type of contribution, you know, you can make on people if you're in a position to do so. Um, You can can give them experiences and you can give them a vote of confidence and you can do something for them. Um, and, and Doug did that, you know, he does it every month and he did it in a big way, uh, that I, I don't even know how to properly thank him for this, uh, for his support. Uh, it really, well, you know, it floors me and it humbles me. Yeah. 
there's some people out there that are just supporters. You know what I mean? They don't they don't mind they don't mind uh, doing the extra work and and uh, you know getting some skin in the game, as we like to say. And he's one of those guys. You know, there's some people that you know they have things that they support, and that's what they do. They support their local artists, their local coffee shop, the their regulars, and um, and it's a good way to live by. So I you know I, I strive to be like that as well. Yeah, one hundred percent. So things really have have come to a head lately um, in the grunge in the grunge Bible podcast sphere. You know, we've made a lot of improvements, and uh, you know, things are also coming to a head in another area that is very important uh, to us as 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 friends and and you as a uh, as as a professional as a competitor. Um, so you know, as we do from time to time uh, on the Grunge Bible podcast, you know, we hammer the music, we have people on, we talk about music, um, but there comes points in time where we need to kind of discuss what's going on with us um, and and what's new and, and and what's on the horizon. And Ethan, um, this episode is coming out July third, and uh, this week that the episode comes out, um, you're heading into the USA track and field championships, uh, in Eugene, Oregon, which is the pinnacle. This is, um, this is what it's all about right here. Um, and I'm excited to kind of take some time today and chat about this because, you know, obviously, you know, we've done this podcast for 119 weeks in a row. Uh, we've done the page for seven years. We're very passionate about music, but track and field javelin, uh, you know, is a passion that even predates, predates grunge and certainly predates grunge Bible for us. Um, and it's very important to us and it's very important for you. Um, so let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about, you know, we're heading into, this will be your, um, is this your fourth U S championship, correct? Yes. Yeah. Fourth U S championship. Um, I started, I guess when I was probably 16 years old, I was a sophomore. So 28 now, it's about 12 years. And, uh, like you said, this, you know, track and field is what brought us together. Uh, put us on the same team, same college, let our, let our friendship grow. Um, the music helped us through all the time we were training. So, um, you know, it's, it's very well, um, stitched into the fabric of grunge Bible too. So, yeah, this is the fourth. I think I qualified for my first championship in 2019. So right after college, um, probably should have been able to qualify during college, but, um, I didn't quite get there and I decided to keep going. And, and since then, since the last four years, you've seen a lot of growth and just persistence, you know, persistence pays. And I'm, I'm very happy to be where I am right now. Absolutely. Um, and, and as, as one of your closest friends and, and, you know, having the background that we did of, of being introduced to one another because we were teammates, um, I've, I've had a very unique position to kind of watch, watch your progression. And, and this year it really feels like, um, all of the contributions and all of the effort from, you know, the last 12 years of your life, you know, with the javelin, um, are coming to a head this week. Uh, and it's really exciting. So currently as it stands on the world rankings list at the time that we're recording this, you're ranked 39th. Is that correct? That is yes. 39th in the world, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. So, uh, two weeks ago I was ranked, I think 67th after I had a few opportunities and then, um, you know, the way that it's set up, um, and I just was throwing a little bit under maybe what I what I should have been at a few right. of the bigger meets. So I had two good opportunities, and I knew that if I threw well, I'd, I'd give myself a really good shot at uh, the U.S. Championships to maybe make a team. And that's exactly what we bumped. After the first one, we bumped up to 57, and then we just bumped another, you know, 18 spots to 39. And uh, we're sitting in a, in a crazy spot where... Um, you know, dreams could come true and two in, in next week. I mean, I, I don't want, you know, I don't want to overplay it, but that's exactly what it is. Like I, I've, I joined or I, I decided to continue training to see where I could go. And my ultimate goal is to make the Olympic team. And that's next year. 
Um, but this year is a world championship team. So with people out there listening, uh, Olympics come every four years and the world championships come every two years on the off years. And there's one without a, a major championship. So the qualifications to um, to compete at the Olympics are the same as the world championships. You have to be top 36 in the world or have the uh, co- uh, competition standard. Those are the two qualifying points. And then you have to finish top three at the U.S. Um, with one of those marks. So right now sitting 39, if I have a really good showing and I finish at the podium at USA's, I'm you know most more than likely going to bump into the top 36 and then I'll have a chance uh, I'll have a spot on the team and that is exactly what I'll have to do next year so you know kind of doing it this year would give me the confidence and give me everything I need to go and take care of that next year and uh, one of my big goals continuing throwing was to compete for and represent the US the USA so uh we're closer than we've ever been Chris I can't believe it you know yeah, we we have been and and I just I can't overstate the fact that, you know, for everyone listening out there whether you're a sports enthusiast or not. I mean, you're sitting you're 39th in the entire world. So out of everybody who's doing this thing, this is where you are. Um and and the process to get in to get to this point is it's track and field especially, you know, if you're not if you're not one of the higher caliber sprinters, it's it's really it's it's a thankless endeavor. There's no financial incentive to do it. Um right. There's no, um, there's no press coverage. There's no kind of external factors that would really make you make you want to do it. And and especially in the United States, the the path as a post collegiate athlete and the path as a you know as a, as a professional athlete in a discipline such as this, it's really really tough sledding. Um, and and I think a lot of times you get these athletes they come out of high they come out of college rather. Um, all of the support that you get at a uh, powerful collegiate program goes away. You know, you don't have access to athletic trainers. You don't have access to strength and conditioning facilities. You don't have access to, um, you know, throwing facilities. There's a whole lot. And, and, and to see you have to, to see you weather the storm as you have, and, and to put yourself in a position, despite all of that adversity, despite all of the logistics that are against you, um, to get into this position is, is really, really incredible. Um, and it's just been, it's been such a long path and I, we've said it before. It's like, you know, some, some people may have forgotten, but you know, you're, you're living it every day and, and, and you've never forgotten why you're here and, and, and you've never let that passion, um, even dwindle for a minute, um, which is really, really unbelievable. And it's the only way that you can get to the spot that you're in now. Absolutely. Um, you know, we had that, the meet in New York and it was, it was a high level meet. Um, and my family was able to come out cause they were only, only two hours away. So I had the family there and, uh, to, and you know, wins are hard to come by, especially when you're facing the top guys in the U S all the time. And there's all the same couple teammates and all the people that are going to be there in two weeks and to come out with the W um, was was really important for confidence for everything moving forward, and um, you know, it's just it's one of those things where uh, yeah, you just it's just you get really excited to think about that you have an opportunity to you know make dreams come true, and uh, because now if if I were to th- like I, I thought about you know all the times that I would be awesome to throw a personal best at you know an important time and have it mean the most and. And uh, to have a position where, you know, that could actually come true. Because if I, you know, if I were just going and competing and even if, you know, you win, I mean, it's really validating. But then it's also um, to have like actually like accomplish something to get to the next level is pretty special. And uh, one thing that I've been thinking about a lot in this past year and and somebody, you know, everybody always says that they want to prove the haters wrong. 
right? You know, there's a lot of people that are rooting against you and stuff. And, and for me, it's not about that. You know, my, my goal is to prove the support system right. You know, I want to prove the people that believed in me that it, you know, it was real, that, you know, they were right in believing me. And it means so much more than the people that don't pay attention and, and, and want to see me do bad. Like I don't even, and I don't even care about them. I'd rather, I'd rather see the people that have entrusted and, and supported me. I want them to be happy just as much as I am. So that's kind of my driving force is to just, to know, prove people like you and me that, you know, we weren't crazy when we decided that when I was like, I got to keep doing this. And you were like, you got to. And so that's my yeah. main, my main, uh, driving force right now, I think. Yeah. Because people invariably, you know, to the outside mind, I, I think, you know, a pursuit like this, because, you know, it's not, uh, financially very lucrative and it's, and it's time consuming and it's physically demanding. I mean, you put your, you put your, yourself through physical trials and, 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 and strength and conditioning workouts and, and just the, the pounding on your body and the mileage. I mean, that has, that has a cost, obviously, you know, there's a lot, a lot of deposits that you've made to go into this, but something that's really interesting, Ethan, and we talk about this and we've talked about it a lot. Um, as it just relates to life and as it relates to music is just the passage of time. Um, you know, you've been at it as a post-collegian. This is your, this is your fourth year, uh, out or fifth year out rather as a post-collegiate athlete. Um, and, and I think, you know, you learn a lot as a collegiate athlete as, as I did. And as you certainly did, um, you know, carrying yourself, um, as a high caliber collegiate athlete, you know, you're, you're, the professionalism aspect, the preparedness aspect, the thoroughness. Um, but I think that really gets ratcheted up a few notches when you, when you become a post-collegian, when you become a, a professional. Um, so what are some of the things that you've learned, um, over the last five years? Because at this point, you know, it's, it's kind of weird to say, you know, we're sitting here, like you're, you're a fairly seasoned professional athlete at this point, you know, you've been at it for five years. That's a long time. Um, like what are some of the things that you've learned along the way, um, that you needed to learn to put you in a good position to be competitive at this level? Because it's obviously quite different from college and certainly different from high school. Right. Um, a big thing is like you talked about and when you're in high school, everybody is stay behind you and wanting to see you well do well because you know you have your whole life in front of you and same with college you know you're you're you have a big support system because you're a part of the team you're a part of that and then once you get outside of that um you're by yourself and um when you don't do well like i don't want to say no one cares but you know no one cares when things are going bad and things are not working and and the struggles that you have so it becomes a very personal journey and endeavor that um, and you're reminded every day that it's up to you. It's up to you to be motivated. You know, you're not going to have somebody there, a coach pushing you the way you are used to. It's a different type of relationship. So, um, yeah, it's kind of being able to hone in on exactly why I want to keep doing this and, and understanding that it's more personal than anything, um, to get to the next level. And, uh, yeah, that has been probably the most important thing, um, to continue. I think that, yeah, that at the end of the day, it's not easy. It's not easy to sacrifice. And, you know, I've been away from family for a while. And um, I think understanding that the sacrifices um, will pay off in the end is always like something that you have that you are, you know, holding on to and believing. So I think that there's more sacrifices than I thought, you know, being away for it takes longer than you think. Um, I was just training this kid the other day and we did some testing after a month or whatever. And he's like, I've been doing it every day. Like, why have I not gotten you know, as better than I was like, I learned at a very, you know, early age that just cause you put in the hard work doesn't mean you're going to get the results you want. Right. And that's the biggest thing. Just cause you put in the time, just cause you put in the work 
does not mean that you're going to instantly get the result you want. Um, and that's why you have to put, if you continue to do it and you continue to, you know, do the right things diligently, I believe that it will, it does come to fruition, but the timing is never, um, as you see it. And that has easily been the, um, yeah, the most important thing to remember throughout all of this. And you see, and you can see that in business, you can see that in, you know, the podcast or the page, like, you know, just because it's not, it didn't happen in two years, you got to wrap it up and like give yourself a window. Like if I don't, if I don't hit this mark in two years, or if I don't hit this many, you know, engagements or whatever, then I'm done. Like, that's not a good way to look at it. You gotta, you gotta be able to push past that and to know why you're doing it. So, um, that's really, that's really been big. It's like, you know, I'm putting in the hard work, but so is everybody else. And you don't just, you don't just get rewarded for your hard work. You have to really put it together and be, and be, uh, you know, strategic in the way you do it. So, um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of luck involved as far as injuries and consistent training. There's things that you can't control. Right. Um, so you just have to work, you know, work through all those challenges and that's the name of the game. And that's why it is as re- it can be as rewarding as, as anything when you get to the place that you want to be. But, but yeah, man, it's been, it's been quite the, quite the freaking journey, you know, it's, yeah, it's not, not been easy. That's for sure. No, it certainly hasn't. I'm glad you touched upon, you know, effort just kind of being the standard because, uh, right. you know, from, from my collegiate career, that was probably the biggest takeaway that I had. I had a coach, um, he was the, uh, he was the multi-event and the, the, the sprints and the hurdles coach, uh, at Iowa state at the time that I was there. And, and that was his big thing. He's like, you know, like when you're in high school, the people who work hard are successful and that's what people talk about. It's like, you know, when you work hard, that's going to generate success. So if you work hard, like you're going to, you're going to reap what you sow. Um, but when it comes, you know, the higher level that you get, that's just the standard. That's the baseline. And there's, right. there's, there's nothing in those contributions and those efforts that, um, not entitle you, but there, there's nothing that automatically um, gains you certain performances and certain successes. And, you know, that's just a testament to, to the, how difficult these levels are and, and, and how technical of a sport, especially the javelin is, you know, throwing events are, um, and just that process. And, you know, when you have, you know, all of these people laying it on the line, you know, we always talk about what you, what you're doing, being an honorable pursuit. And, and, and that's, that's exactly what it is. And I think there's a lot of applicable lessons to something like this, like no matter what it is and no matter how central of a point it is in your life, I think everybody's got to have something that they, um, that they give themselves to, and they, and they give 100% effort to, um, you know, there's not, there's not a guarantee of success and there's not a guarantee of results, um, just because of effort, but I'm a firm believer too, um, you know, there's, there's no failure in effort and there's always something to be gained from like truly and completely 100% going in on something. Uh, it feels good to do it. I think as humans, we're designed to want to want to do something like that. We're designed to yearn for those moments where like we put everything that we possibly can into something. And and you certainly have for a long time. And, and we're at the point now where, um, you know, you didn't throw a personal best for five years. Um, mm. and you know, five years, you're, you're the, the effort remains unchanged and you're just like banging your head against a wall and, and you hadn't gotten anything better to show for it. And then, you know, when you can see through those times and not let that effort, um, dwindle and, and not let the discipline dwindle, you know, that's how long it takes sometimes. I mean, that's the same thing with weightlifting. Yeah. I mean, there's weightlifters who haven't PR'd their clean and jerk in six years, but they keep coming back. They keep showing up. And I think, 
um, and, and I want to get your thoughts on this, but probably the older you've gotten, the more you've realized that it's just the, it's the consistency thing. It's not about, you know, coming in and just like hammering away on a Monday afternoon and like crushing yourself, you know, because you have to be sustainable and you have to be consistent um, because those, you know, the further in you get to something, the less low hanging fruit there is. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I, I talk about it in weightlifting a lot too, is, you know, just because you've squatted 500 before, when you get under the bar, you have to respect the weight. You can't yeah. get under there and just assume that you're going to be able to go down and go up. If, you, if you're if you unstable and you have some instability at some point, you know, it doesn't matter how strong you are because all of a sudden you're put in a position where you can't work out of. And that's the same thing. Like just because you're super talented and you, you know, I see people all the time, they're super talented. They've making gains in practice. They think it's just going to show up at the meets. Well, if you don't respect the 80 meter line, like you're, it's not just going to show itself because right. you put in, you know, just cause it should, because if you mess the flight of the javelin by a little bit, you know, you lose three meters and then you're at 77 and, you know, and that's just not, you know, that's not the same, you know, three meters is a massive difference. And, um, yeah. And, and uh, again, what you were saying, how, um, I didn't PR for five years. So I graduated college with a PR of 69 meters and I trained, I always, you know, I, I pride myself in my work ethic, how I train hard. And that was a lot of it. Like I put so much into it for those five years. And ever since I got to college where, um, it was confusing and it was discouraging. I was like, how, how is it not going as far? And, and, um, so the next year, so I went 69, the next year I threw 74, then we had COVID year, then I went 77, then I threw 80 and then I'm at the year I am now. And, um, and like I said, it took five years to get from 69 to 74. And what I like to say is during that time, you know, 70 meters was a barrier and it was extremely hard to hit. And um, while I was, you know, while I was trying to hit 70, that's when I learned how to throw 80, basically. And so I, I putting, I'm putting in all this work, I'm learning some technical stuff and I'm, I'm like, I'm figuring out the event. So when I hit 70 and I finally got over that hump, I was able to like, I had gained so much knowledge along the way that I think it made getting to 80 meters a little bit easier in a way. And, and if that makes sense where you, you, you know, you put so much work at a lower end where then it, it wasn't accelerated. It's still been five years since, you know, that, that time. And it's been, it's been long, but the consistency and the growth over the last few years have been a little bit more steady. And I think that's just because of all the work I put in, in that moment when I plateaued, when I was stuck. And there's a lot of times when you get stuck in certain endeavors and, and you're just grinding and you're trying to figure it out. And, you got to believe that like you're just climbing the roller coaster, you know, and at some point you're going to come down the other side and then all that information, all that experience that you have shows itself at one time or for the cross of a couple of years. Cause in reality, like, you know, the five years is a long time, but it's also not that long. And then these past five years, it's been, you know, it's been a long time, but it also seems like it's happened so quick and you, and you're improving each time like fast. Um, so I would say that, you know, it's like that that meme or that picture where the guy's like mining and he gets right to the end and he decides to stop digging and right behind there is a bunch of diamonds you know you never yeah. know how close you are to breaking through right um and what was what was your question right before that you said uh what was it either way i i don't know i thought i answered a different question but no that was um, that was the answer man yeah so it's it's been um like, a, yeah, I, I really think that it's it's hard to pick, like, you know, you have a bunch of different coaches and you learn different things and it's tough when coaches maybe take credit, be like, oh, I told them this one thing and it worked. And it's like the body of work. I mean, I thank my high school coaches, I thank my first college coach, I thank my, 
you know, my training partners, my second coach at Kentucky, my coach now, like everybody has a little bit of peace and you never, a piece of the pie and you never know when, um, those, that piece of information comes, comes back to you and you get, you know, the inspiration that you need to figure something out. So it's, it's crazy. Like it's crazy how much experience plays and you can't fake that. You can't, you can't make up experience and you can't fake confidence either. Everybody's like, be confident in your training. It's like, well, if you, if you aren't, you can't, that's not something that you can really like just, um, make up and just like, yeah, it's not, it's not a decision that you can make to be confident. Not like true confidence. I mean, you can fake it till you make it and do your best, but like that, that real understanding that you are in a good spot is like you're healthy and your body's going to hold up. I mean, I've, I faked it for many times and it didn't work. You know, I tried to tell myself and, and it's like, it didn't work, but then you get to a point where it's like actually believe and understand and and that's where we're at now and that's why it feels so good finally you know yeah absolutely and 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 i think something for me too that i notice in you um that i i think undoubtedly assists you uh just in your progression and your mindset and it's been you know i think it's contributed to your success like when whenever you talk javelin with you or you talk about track and field like you just get this unbridled sense of joy that comes from you and this liveliness and, and, and just, you know, all of those positive elements, like you truly, you've dedicated yourself to it. Um, and you've gotten so much joy out of the event and you contribute so much positive energy to it that I think it just radiates when, 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 when I talk to you about it and, and you can see it in action when you train. I mean, that's the thing, like people, people love the results, but I, I think you truly love the training. You love the consistency. Um, you love turning the doorknob every day to go. Um, and I think that mindset of, you know, having the, like you said, the respect for the, the respect for the event, um, but also just approaching it with joy and approaching it, you know, with positivity, um, I think is really, really important because you can't fake that either. Um, and if you do fake it or if you don't have it, there's, you know, elite athletics will find a way to, to, to bury you. Um, and yep. you know, there's, there's a, there's a Bruce Springsteen lyric, uh, and, and it's, and it says, I've seen champions come and go. I mean, you've been at this a long time and there's a lot of yeah. people that there's a lot of people that were there when you got there and they're no longer here and you, you arrived. There's been a lot of people that have arrived after you and they're also not here either. Um, so just, yeah. you know, it's, it's been a long road. It's been a really, really long road, but you're, you're still there. Um, and you know, your best throwing is, is still ahead of you. Uh, your best performance is still ahead of you, which is, um, the buy-in, so the, the buy-in of the last 12 years, you know, it's finally the chips are on the table. Yep. Yeah, man. It's, uh, like Robin Williams said in, uh, which was it uh, Goodwill hunting or dead, dead poets where, you know, like you're just happy to have the and the 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 balls to ante up. Ante up one again. Goodwill hunting. Yep. People, you yeah, played a, a big hand. And you got to ante up again. See where see where your chips fall. And yeah, I, I feel really going in. So obviously, nothing is set in stone. I need to right. perform well next week. Uh, you know, I could shit the bed, and then all of a sudden we're back to square one. Right. <laughs> but I'm not gonna do that. You know, I'm I'm really confident. And like I said, at the end of the day, I, at least I put myself in a position where. Um, exciting things are happening and can happen. And that's all I can ask for is opportunity. And, uh, you know, to take opportunity as it comes, um, is really, is really fun. And, um, you know, we talk about having stuff to look forward to in life and other events and, you know, doing this and having a national championship every year and having the Olympics every four years, it's like an immediate something to look forward to, to work for. And the ultimate goal in our sport, 
Um, obviously, I want to do well if I make these teams, um, but I take it step by step. You know, like I need to make the team first before I can start setting goals about making a, you know, having a, making a final or coming exactly. away with a medal. Yeah. You know, step by step. And, and I always tell them, I mean, 1% better every day. And that's it. And if you're out there and you, you know, haven't started something you want to or you're scared because you don't want to be bad, mm-hmm. bad at it, like just do it and uh, believe that every day you do something to get a little bit better. And after, you know, 100 days, 200 days, you'll, you'll be surprised of how far you can come. Um, with just the dedication of um, just a little bit of effort and being a little more consistent. And that is, you know, my little brother, I don't want to throw him under the bus, you know, uh, but he's he's been, he trained, he threw at Wake Forest and, and he's done a little bit after college and he had more injuries than I did more, he had some surgeries and, and I just told him, I said, Hey man, just, you know, just train, you know, an hour a day, nothing, you don't even need to be specific, just set yourself up for, and when you try and cram, you know, when you, when you try to cram it all in at once, then your body is hurting and right. You need to spread it out and think think long term. Small deposits over a long period of time is better than a whole lot at once. Like you know, trying to cram it in and do it all at once. That's that's not how you sustain really good. You know, you can't just you, you can't just brush your teeth for an hour to get rid of cabbage. You have to do it <laughs> every day. For for, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't just you can't just you know double double your time. Uh, yeah brushing your teeth or something. I'm trying to think of another example. You can't just, you can't just do it all at once. You got to really spread it out and be, and be consistent with it. Put Mm. a part of your routine. That's how you, that's how you make good changes. And that's how you be, you know, are more healthy overall. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's exciting, man. Yeah, it really is. And and as we kind of close this conversation down, I can't help but notice there's a lot of parallels, I think, between athletics uh, and and music and and, and the making of both of those, because I, I think, on this, they're on the same level. I mean, high yeah. level athletics and high level music, they're both great art. Um, and everybody has their own um, unique fingerprints that they apply towards getting to where they wanna get. Um, and every great performance is equal parts, hard work, passion, a little bit of magic, a little bit of luck. Um, you know, there's just so many things going for it. And, and I think that passion that the great artists have for their art and the respect they have for it, completely parallels, you know, the respect and the passion that great athletes have towards their craft. And and it's that ability, you know, day in and day out to get up and make a conscious choice to get better at it and to mm-hmm. survive the hard times to get to the point where we're, where we're at right now, where we head into the U.S. championships this upcoming week. Um, and another thing, this conversation reminds me of a quote from Phil Knight, the founder of Nike, uh, just talking about uh, you know, how long of a road this is and, and how it's not for the faint of heart. He he wrote once, the cowards never started and the weak died along the way. That leaves us. Yeah. Oh, gives me chills, man. I love it. That leaves us. I think the, the parallel to music is really important too. And if you're out there and you're an artist and it's been a few years and you're not catching your break that you're looking for, um, continue making the art because um, honestly... I think same thing. If I would have been, there's, you see a lot of people in the sport, they're successful at a young age and they don't, they don't cherish it. They don't cherish the journey or cherish the achievements. And, and then you have people like me and, and, and other artists out there where they grind for 10 years and then they get their opportunity. And then it's everything they've worked for, everything that they've, they've dedicated, they've sacrificed. And I, I am so thankful for my journey. I think it's, it's just, you know, head over heels better than being bad, being good at it in the beginning. Like I wouldn't have learned as much as I did. I wouldn't have traveled and met so many people. I probably would be ignorant to and thinking I knew it all. And, and, and I had it figured out and you know, you're more humble when you have these journeys and, 
it's the same thing. And so artists out there, like don't give up, keep at it. Um, because at any point, you know, you can go back into your, they, you know, you're going to have a song, you have an album that come that, that makes it, and then they're going to go back and look at your other stuff you've, you've done. And they're going to appreciate it more because of, you know, whether it's because they saw your success and they go, Oh, maybe this isn't so bad, you know, and they can retroactively like it. But I mean, if it's sincere and it was, you know, dedication, um, it always, it, it doesn't go unnoticed, um, when you finally get there and, um, and lastly, you know, I was actually talking to John Kay, uh, John Cranger of the social act, and this will go perfectly into our next segment. Um, and you know, so they have an album coming out in the fall and they've been, they've been a double album. It's been, you know, they've been working for about two years on it now with uh, everything that went on with COVID pushed them back. And, um, they were able to, you know, they've just been working really a long time at it and, and they work on their, their live performing band. So there's a lot of stuff on, on their YouTube and, uh, we talk about it and he was, he's very excited for me and telling me you know, how awesome it is. And, um, you know, for them, you know, you work, you know, a year, a year and a half for an album and then you, or you play a show and the show happens in an hour. And it's like, we, we pray, we played and practiced for so long. And then the show happens like that, you know, it's done. And same with my competition. I put so much work into it and, you know, in, in a week I'm going to have an hour long competition and then it's done yep. and everything that, and you know, you it's like can't, six seconds down the runway and the jabs away and that's it. Yeah. But total competition time of like, you know, a minute, you know, where I'm standing there and uh, it happens so fast. So you have to fall in love with the journey and then, um, and then when, you know, when, and it happens with artists too, like when the album comes out, you get praise and you're going to be in the limelight for a, a, a period of time. And then, you know, you, it moves on and you got to, you move on to the next thing. So yeah, the, the buildup for albums and for playing music live is, is a long time for a lot of these artists where you put so much work into it and then it happens like so fast or people, you know, people go to one show basically. Absolutely. Um, so it was really Really similar, but yeah, John K. Those guys are awesome at the social act. There's such a support uh, with it, and they are true professionals, and they understand all the hard work that goes into uh, them playing shows and making albums. So uh, we love we love them so much. Yeah, we really do, and uh, we were we were lucky enough to have John Cranger and Ellis Clark from the Social Act Band on the Grunge Bible Podcast uh, back on episode seventy nine. And uh, once again, as we were talking about the parallel between athletics and, and music and art, um, you know, these guys, like you said, they're in it for the right reasons, and these guys have run the gamut of all sorts of emotions, um, all sorts of experiences. You know, the the highs, the lows, the pain, the loss, the gaining. Um, yes, everything, but they still show up because they love their craft and they're passionate about it. And I think that's why, you know, we've developed that friendship that we have with John of the social act band. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things, um, it just gives me joy, uh, to know that they're out there making music and that they're still at it, you know, after, you know, 40 years of this thing and, and losing band members and struggling, um, you know, with all sorts of different things in their, in their pro public and private lives. And the fact that, you know, you can regroup and, and write a new end to your story and, you know, continue your story because, you know, the right components are there, uh, inside of you and you, you're, you're able to get those out of you and, and into a shared space where a lot of other people have those same components. Uh, it's a really, really special thing. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that album. So, uh, we've got, uh, something coming from the social act at the end of this, uh, end of this episode. But before we do that, uh, I believe we have some songs of the week that we can get to. Yeah, absolutely. I think I was going to use, I'm going to use the social act as my song of the week. So I'll have you go first and then we can close it out with them. 
All right. Well, I am also picking a social act song. Let's go. Uh, so I think, Ethan, I think you're going to know what song I'm going to choose. Uh, and that would be Hey Yeah um, mm-hmm. from, I believe, 2019. It's my, my favorite uh, favorite social act song. And who knows, I may have chosen this as a song of the week uh, back when we had them on on episode 79. But I just love the beginning of that song. It's 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 a hard driving song, and, and the first lyrics uh, from Ellis Clark: "Sunsets and I'm all right." And yeah. you know that's just that just gets you feeling good. And at the end of the day, that's amazing. Yeah, that that is, that is one of my favorites as well. Um, and uh, so my song of the week is going to be "Judgment Day," and uh, this was written by Ellis Clark back in 1988, and it's a song that we're going to play you out on and. and uh, We'll post the video, and so for if you're looking to listen to them and check them out, uh, their YouTube is the Social Act Band, and that's where they do YouTube and Instagram is where they do most of their posting. Uh, they don't, they're not too big on Spotify, so check out their, you know, because they have really good video, really good footage, and um, that'll be on. It'll play at the end of the YouTube if you're watching there, and we'll put some links. Um, but yeah, Judgment Day, uh, written by Ellis back in 88 and uh that's the crazy thing off of over the berlin wall i mean these guys have been at it for you know almost 40 years the wall uh, was still up when they wrote this and (laughs) he said little little did they know the year after they released the double album called that the wall came down in 89 (laughs) yeah it's crazy and uh this is their title track of that album and um it's awesome it's like i said watching the footage seeing these guys play live it's a ton of fun you got steve gillis on the drums from filter and he's just ripping away. Grant Ty on the on the guitar. And do you know he played with uh, uh, Grace Slick? Oh and, no, kidding! Uh, Jefferson oh, yeah, Starship, he, a little little Starship yeah, action. He's been around, so you wow. know they got some they got some big members of part of their band. They're all you know virtuosos. So mm-hmm. um, we're gonna leave you with that with Hey Yeah and Judgment Day of the Social Act Band. We'll talk about them in the next uh, coming weeks. And. Uh, yeah, Chris, that's it, man. We got an exciting weekend ahead of us. That's yes, for sure. Yes, we do. I'm I'm excited for what's to come. Uh, you know, and regardless of the outcome, you know, as as your friend, man, like I'm I'm so proud of you, and I'm so happy for you for everything. Uh, you know, everything that you've been through and everything that you've put into this. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. this is you've you've earned this opportunity. Uh, you've earned these experiences, and you've earned the lessons that you've learned. Um, every step of the way, every single last percentage of it you've earned it all you've done it your way and yeah man i'm just proud of you i'm excited for you and i can't wait to see what what we do this week oh yeah i can't wait to uh you know give everybody a a team usa t-shirt or a hat (laughs) or something from the uh, man everybody that's been a part of this journey uh because yeah i want to be able to give back at some point but that'll be fun to have as a, a reminder of all the hard work because yeah it takes a village just like everything in this life it sure does. So, can't wait to give an update next week um, how it went. Until then, listen to the Social Act Band, listen to some music, and support your local smaller artists because um, they're grinding out there. They're trying to make it work, and that's the dream, baby. Absolutely. So, we will talk to you all next week, but in the meantime, let's enjoy some Social Act Band. This is Judgment Day. <laughs>